0: Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast, the Jets podcast profile series continuing to roll on with another rookie, another first round pick, Elijah Vera Tucker, the Jets 14th overall selection in the 2021 NFL draft. And we got a trio of interviews. We got Solomon Tucker, Elijah's father. We have Tim Drevno, the USC offensive line coach. And we got Anthony Munoz, a fellow USC offensive lineman.
1: Well, Drevno actually was Tucker's offensive line coach with the Trojans. Now he's cross town with the UCLA Bruins, an offensive analyst for Chip Kelly. But uh, the Jets, this was a the guy they wanted. They take Zach Wilson number two overall, and then Joe Douglas was not going to wait and sit there at number 23. He used his capital to go up and get a guy he wanted, an Elijah Vera Tucker. So the Jets, back to back first rounds, they address the offensive line.
0: And I think that it's only fitting we start, like we've done before chronologically, with Solomon Tucker. And for those who don't know Elijah Vera Tucker's story in terms of just kind of his upbringing, his parents divorced. They both got remarried. Each of the parents got remarried, and his stepfathers last name is vera mm-hmm. so he he was born elijah tucker right. and then he added vera to his last name so he's elijah vera tucker
1: yeah and i think on the right arm he has tucker tattooed and then maybe on the left arm it's vera i'm going to double check that right now that is right um yeah that's very rare as far as what they decided to do and solomon talked about i raised Elijah to be his own man and so when he was growing up he said well my mom means so much to me and I want her name so what happens is he becomes AVT and the four parents he learned a lot from them uh Solomon and his wife work in the fire service um Elijah's mother actually was a star track athlete and his stepdad a contractor. So I think from all of those people they decided we're going to do what's right by Elijah and also that was a tight family. You see a lot of times in divorces I think people separate they go their own ways. Mm-hmm. With the Vera Tuckers, they all came together, those sets of parents, both sets of parents, those four people and they in fact oftentimes travel together to some of Elijah's events and uh, they've uh, created a, a really tight bond, and I think I think it's a unique situation.
0: I definitely think so, too. You mentioned the four of them traveling together. Yeah. They were all here when Elijah took his tour, I guess you'd say, of One Jet Drive, because he flew out the day after he was drafted. So I guess, well, that was like Friday morning or Friday afternoon, and then he had his tour, and both sets of parents were here. I think it is a unique situation, and uh, I think it really shows a lot about Elijah who he is as a person he's very California cool and then you know it, when I shook his hand in the bed MGM studio here, he gave me a handshake that was basically like hey, you know I might I might be cool, but you know I could kill you if I wanted to.
1: Uh, he's a big man. And just thinking about the Jets' left side of that offensive line, Mackay Beckton, 6'7", 360-plus pounds. Now you add Farrah Tucker, if indeed he is the opening day left guard. We'll talk about the offensive line here with the Jets in 2021 coming up. But what Elijah's father, Solomon, told me was, hey, we're nice people and we care about the community and we're going to go about our business and do people right but on the field domination is what we do
0: all right well without further ado let's hear from solomon tucker
1: solomon what are some of your earliest memories of elijah
2: oh man (laughs) i (laughs) there's so many when you ask that question a lot of things come flooding through but uh you know they all you know proud dad or whatever but it all starts with, you know, his personality and uh, his smile and stuff like that. Like, uh, you know, he's he's a kid who likes to have a good time and laugh and be with family. So just all those joyous times, um, I can always see his smiling face. So that when you ask me what my memories are of him, that's, that's the first thing. And then, you know, he's always been active and interested in sports. So he's always been a big kid he dwarfs everybody in the family. And so, uh, you know, always just remembering how how uh, active and athletic he, he was and how he's always been involved in some sort of physical activity and the joy he gets from that.
1: When did football become part of his life? And also, Solomon, when did you know he was
2: on to something? So, you know, he's always been a big kid. And uh, <clears throat> as such, you know, the youth football rules at the time required that he would have to, if he always wanted to play football um, from a very young age, but the youth football rules at the time in our area would require that he have to play up in an age group because of his size. And we didn't feel like, you know, we were ready for that. He was ready for that. Um, Just, you know, in terms of mentality, and so we we held him back out of football, but we uh, let him participate in a whole bunch of other sports, including soccer and lacrosse and things like that. <clears throat> and uh, so it wasn't until high school that uh, that w- that he started playing football. And from you know, we always had a hunch that he'd be really good at it because um, he you know he's a big kid who can move, and uh, but you know his his first his freshman year of football was very obvious that he was uh he was that was you know the lane that he was going to thrive in so
1: he's a nice kid as you described but he's also tenacious and mean on the football field he talks about loving putting people in the dirt where does he get that from
2: you know he's he's surrounded by competitive people uh you know as as you guys probably know, he's got four parents, and all four of us are very competitive. You know, we're we're all in competitive environments too. Um, you know, me and my wife were in the fire service. Uh his stepdad is a contractor, you know, and his mom is a uh was a, a track athlete. So, you know, we're a no excuse family. <laughs> so you know, domination is kind of what we what we do. And, uh, (laughs) and I think that's probably where he gets it from. Not to say we're not nice people, we like to, you know, give to our community and all that good stuff. But when it comes time to work, you know, we expect a we we expect a high level of participation. And, uh, and you know, we want to we want to dominate. So he gets it from us.
1: How important is his name? because he he goes by Elijah Vera Tucker and you talked about the four parents involved in his life. And I think that says something about you all too, that you have raised Elijah together. And obviously there's a common bond there too. And you also wanted the best for what uh, uh, Elijah had in his future.
2: His mother and I Rhonda, you know, like a lot of, families a lot of couples we we had our issues and we decided to separate um, but you know one thing that was common between us was that uh, we wanted to continue to co-parent and and our you know part of our priority in terms of uh, the next stages in our life and when it came time to meet somebody else or whatever was it the people that we met were uh, were gonna you know treat Elijah like they were his own so with that with that expectation that you know these quote unquote step parents are gonna treat your child like like one of theirs you know you, you can't get butt hurt <clears throat> about you know your kid loving them like 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 that's their own parent because that's what that's the expectation you set. So when Elijah, you know, uh started mentioning that hey, I want to you know, <clears throat> I I want to have the same name as the other half of my family. Um, you know, honestly that it 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 took a little bit for me to uh to accept that. And but, you know, once I thought it through and the fact that, you know, he's He's, he's been treated very well from the other side of the family, the Vera side, and, you know, they, they've embraced him as their own and they love him like their own, and because he is, um, <clears throat> then, you know, I, I kind of expect nothing else. That's how I raised my kid. So, I can't pick and choose how, you know, how he wants to express his love for that side of the family. Not to mention, he's his own man. So, and I raised him to be his own man. I want him to be his own man. So, you know, that's something I got to accept too. That being said, you know, we've, uh, we're, we're years into that and it's just natural now. It's like, you know, we all get, you know, we all get along and we travel together. We, we celebrate Elijah together. Um, His sisters are over at the house with some regularity and, you know, it's it's just one big, you know, family unit, and and it's better for him, and it works for us. So,
1: what did the attraction to USC come from? Because you guys grew up in Northern California. He made yeah. it seem like you grew up down the street in Southern California.
2: He said he was always a USC fan. He's, he's attracted to success, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's it's kind of funny. We haven't really, uh, I haven't really talked to him much about why it's kind of funny you asked that question because I haven't talked to him much about why he, uh, why he was so into SC other than, you know, he, a lot of the people that he followed in football, um, came from SC and, uh, and then, you know, once we went and visit as parents, once we went and visited the campus and everything we got converted to, you know, growing <laughs> up in the Bay area, uh, That wasn't that wasn't tops on my radar at first. But then once we visited and, you know, met the people down there and saw what they had to offer as parents, we were all in 100 percent.
1: How did he grow as a young man there in Southern California when he went to USC? We can talk about him on the football field, obviously excelling at guard and then having that fabulous last season where he's kicked outside yeah. and he's one of the best tackles in college football, but also what did you see uh, from him as far as the transformation from a 17, 18-year-old kid to a 21-year-old young man who's now playing in the National Football League? But I think he's about to turn 22 here in June.
2: Like a lot of D1 athletes coming out of high school, they are big fish in small ponds, and uh, and so I th- I think you know he could he had an idea, an inkling coming out of high school that that the things were going to get tougher, but I didn't I don't think that he quite embraced you know the the next level up, how much more competitive, faster stronger everybody was going to be. Um, not to say that he wasn't putting in the work already and getting prepared for that. You know, he's he's been a guy that's always trying to work harder than the next guy, but uh, but I think once he got to that next level, he realized just how all the small things make a difference, how you take care of your body, you know, what you put in your body in terms of uh, diet, you know, how you treat, you um, post-workout recovery and post-game recovery and, like, all all the things you need to do to stay competitive, um, I think that was an eye-opener for him at the next level. Um, And so I saw him grow a lot in terms of that. And then in terms of just studying the game, putting his uh, nose in the books and on the film um, in the game, you know, he, he his i his football IQ greatly increased um big time mine too just just learning from him actually at that at that next level so I think for all of us and uh and then you know with his transition from position to position whether it was right guard to left uh left guard and then over to left tackle you know Elijah's a person who wants to be useful who who feels like you know, hey, I'm a, I'm a do whatever I need to do to help the team out. So, um, in terms of mentality, that wasn't a big transition for him. He's always been, you know, hey, I'll, I'll throw the ball if you need me to. But, um, you know, he's, 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 uh, he's all about, you know, doing what's right for the team. So when the team needs him somewhere, he's going to become an expert in that position.
1: What was that experience like draft night when you heard the Jetson moved up nine spots in order to get your son? And also, what do you think this season's going to be like, his first in the National Football League? Man, that night
2: was incredibly exciting. Uh, It says a whole lot that that they moved up so aggressively to get to him. Uh, You know, they, in prior conversations with Elijah, they expressed to him that they, they really liked him and you know a lot but they weren't sure that uh he would be on the board when uh when their turn came so you know we weren't necessarily expecting to to for him to be a jet and uh and so when they moved up to to grab him like they they really they really put the money where the mouth was so You know, we we really appreciate that and recognize how big deal that what a big deal that is. Elijah recognizes that, too. And so, you know, he's he's uh, he's prepared to prove him right. And uh, so, you know, that being said, we're looking forward to, you know, a a great opening season for him. You know, it's going to be his first year in the NFL. I'm sure he's going to learn a lot and have to make some adjustments, you know, like all, all new players do but uh'm I'm, I'm looking forward to you know a successful season for him and 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 the Jets I really like what the team is doing they're very supportive of their players um and you know you can see that I hear that in Elijah's voice he's excited when I talk to him on the phone and and uh talk faceTime him I can see it on his face that he, that that's a place where he wants to be you know there was like there was a you know he's a he's a family guy so and uh so when he found out he was going to the east coast there was a little bit of like oh man i'm going to be away from the family but um but he's he's even kind of gotten over that where you know he's he's established some new connections new he's got that family feel on the team so i'm 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 ecstatic we're all like ecstatic about about how it's going for him and and a genuine feeling that's being uh, built over there.
0: Great stuff from Solomon Tucker. And really gives you insight as to who Elijah is the person. Now let's move on to Elijah, let's say in college. Goes to USC, gets coached up by Tim Trevno on the offensive line. And we've talked about this a lot, but we should mention it again. How unique of a situation Elijah had in terms of where he played. Because he played most of his career at left guard in 2019 right well in 18
1: he actually started at right Right. guard then he moved over to left guard in 19 and then finally in 2020
0: he goes out to left tackle and not only does he play left tackle well first he opted out then he opts back in once the pac-12 said you know what we're actually going to play football plays left tackle and he does it better than anybody else in the conference and he he won the award for the conference's best offensive lineman. And the people who vote on that award is the Pac-12 defensive lineman that had to go up against him each week. So he's really respected by his peers.
1: A uh, very rare uh, athlete. You're talking about a guy who uh, goes outside. And, uh, you know, Drevno told me that he's the kind of kid who's going to do whatever is best for the team. Hey, what can I do to help? us collectively. And it also speaks to his athleticism as a ball player, also his intelligence as a ball player. He's gonna be making a transition to the National Football League. We all know that that. So there will be some hurdles to jump over, but he is a guy who throughout his college career, anything that was asked of him, he was up to the
0: task and he performed it at an elite level. And just by you mentioning he played three spots on the offensive line. You think about the types of linemen that Joe Douglas has brought in to the Jets? They're all versatile. They've all shown position versatility. So does Elijah Vera Tucker And Clay Helton, his head coach, said on NFL Network that he's kind of similar to Colts left guard Quentin Nelson in a way that you play him on the interior, but if you're really in a pinch – you could always kick them outside
1: well what dredno said was typically your best offensive lineman plays left tackle and at usc he thought the coaching staff thought that not only could avt help the trojans but also Ultimately, it was going to help his draft status. Maybe if he stayed at left guard, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about Elijah Vera Tucker being a Jet. Maybe he goes in the second round if he's just a very good guard on the collegiate level. No, he went kicked outside and played at an elite level, and like you said, he was the conference's best blocker. Um, great feet. Uh, also, can recover very well. I think he's going to be – a very good system fit for what Mike LaFleur and John Benton are doing here with the wide zone. Remember last year at USC, that was a big time change because they implemented air raid offense for the first time in forever USC.
0: You know, I, I think that a lot of fans and I think a lot of, you know, I'm excited personally to see Elijah Vera Tucker in pads. And we'll talk about this Jets offensive line in a bit. But so far, he's checked all the boxes from his now offensive line coach, John Benton, who said that everything you could do in the spring, you know, the one thing you're missing is pads. So, you know, that's one evaluation that Benton has not completed yet, but everything else is he's checked the box. And I'm sure Drevno had a thing or two to say about Vera Tucker's physicality.
1: No, you're right about that. And Benton said, hey, he's willing to learn the scheme, impressive athletically, and he seems to fit in with the guys. So definitely be in the running, uh, providing he passes the physical test when we put the pads on. That sounds like an old-school offensive line coach, but uh, Drevno refers to him in this interview coming up as the silent assassin. Nice guy, (laughs) but he'll come up and slit your throat.
0: All right, well, I I don't think there's a better way that I can see this interview up. So with that, let's hear from Tim Drevno.
3: He's as good as I've seen anybody as far as digging people out and then just dominating them and continuing that leg drive.
0: Coach, how
1: did Elijah Tucker go from unknown commodity to the 14th overall selection in the NFL draft?
3: Well, I think just uh, him as a person, I've never been around a guy. I've coached a lot of great players, but his desire to be great and his mindset that he attacks every day of wanting to be the best really took him to that level his work ethic, his attitude, and uh, as I always say, it's Mo- uh, MDG, mom, dad, and God. I mean, he's, he's been blessed with unbelievable talents, a skill set that's uh, pretty impressive. You coached at
1: USC the past two seasons. What went into the decision to move AVT from left guard to left tackle?
3: Uh, I felt like one is um, it was the best for our football team uh, to him to go out to the left tackle spot. Um, you always say you want to put your best player at left tackle, you know, and, and his initial quickness, his foot turnover speed. Um, and I thought also uh, I thought it would help his stock for the national football league. Uh, Cause when you are out in the left tackle spot, you don't have many sideboards. You're by yourself. Uh, you're mono a mono and you can really see somebody's athletic ability show. Uh, so, I thought it was a win-win for our football team and a win-win for himself uh, for his career in the National Football League.
1: Was an interesting year for everybody. There's no doubt about that. Elijah actually thought he wasn't going to play, and you didn't know if you were going to have games in the Pac-12 last season. He ultimately opted in. When you broached the idea with him
3: moving outside, what did he say? He said whatever's best for the team, Coach. Uh, He was good. I mean, he was – there was no pushback i talked to him about it I said are you okay with this he says yes and i said this is best for a football team i think it's be best for your career as you go forward and he was all on board i mean he was all hands on deck his biggest thing was hey how do i learn how to pass that at the left tackle spot you know that was different for him um but he uh he really bought into it and was excited about taking taking that uh, left tackle spot and i think being a left tackle is kind of the guy like, Hey, I'm the guy, you know, he would be able to beat your chest. Say, Hey, I'm leading this team. I'm the left tackle. This is the best position in the offensive line. And, and, uh, he was excited about it.
1: How rare is that in the national football league? You know, this, we talk about a lot of college tackles who are kicking inside, moving inside, but not too often. Do we talk about guards moving outside?
3: Yeah, it, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't happen. You know, that's a, that's a different deal. So, but, uh, I th- I think that his athletic ability, who who he is as a person, he he could be really good out there, and he he took advantage of it.
1: All right, but he probably will start at guard in the National Football League. Why did he excel inside? I think he had like 329 pass block opportunities uh, in his second final season there at USC, and allowed one pressure.
3: Yeah, no, he'll he'll do great inside. I think one is he plays with power, he plays with strength. Uh, you know, and I think that he sets anchor very well on the bull rush. I know that, you know, in, in the NFL, it's hard to run the ball. Uh, and I think he'll be a great pass blocker. Um, you know, I think that he could probably be a right guard if somebody chooses, you know, more times than not the three technique. You're by yourself on a right guard in the National Football League because more times than not, you put the tight end to the right side because the, the hashes are narrow. So I think he'll, he'll do a great job. I think he'll be able to set anchor, like I said. I think he'll be able to move people off the ball. Uh, and he's smart, and he's got really good uh, recoverability skills. You know, sometimes he gets knocked off a block and get his feet back underneath him. So he'll do great there.
1: What do you think about the potential of the left side of the jets line of the Jets offensive line not only in two thousand and twenty one but beyond because Joe Douglas, the GM here, addressed the offensive line the previous first round, taking Makai Beckton out yes. of Louisville. Now he's six, seven, three hundred sixty plus pounds. And now you bring in Elijah Tucker.
3: I think that's going to be a really solid left side of the line. Mackay Beckton, I recruited him when I was at the University of Michigan, so I know him very well. I know his parents very well. What a great young man, a competitor. I've seen him compete on the basketball floor, Mackay, Those two guys are going to be a dynamic duo on the left side for the Jets. I really believe that. That's a really good job by the GM, good picks by him and the coaching think- staff.
1: Yeah, what do you, Tim, what do you think about the change for Elijah system wise? Uh, Going from an air raid now to that wide zone approach under Mike LaFleur.
3: I think it would be a really good fit. Uh, I think Elijah, one of his strengths is his initial quickness. And I know running in the wide zone system, you got to have great hat speed when you come off the ball. And I think it'll fit in really well because it's all about feet and covering up guys. Uh, And I know being in that system with the wide zone that you kind of do it over and over and over. And he'll get really good at that skill set uh, to be uh, very productive. What was he like
1: for you in the room? You've raved about his leadership abilities ar- already and his character. Can you give me specific instances where it really stood out to you?
3: Yeah, he's a guy that comes in every day. He's, he's got the laser beam uh, focus, wants to be really good at what he does. He sits down, he has his notepad open, he's taking notes. If he doesn't understand something, he's going to ask you and if he might have to explain it in another different way to him so he gets it because he wants to be right. Uh, he does not go out uh, to the practice field like saying, well, I didn't quite understand that." He wants to be right when he goes out there. He wants to be great at it. Um, and I think he's one of those guys that if he, you're missing something, because as a coach, sometimes you got a lot on your plate, and he thinks that maybe you can explain it in a different way, To so he asks a question for a younger person in the room to cr- fully understand it. He's willing to take that leadership in the room, and, uh, you know, he's a guy that he wants to be right. He wants to lead the room, and, and, uh, and, and failure is not an option, you know. So he's a pleasure to be in the room, and he's very businesslike.
1: He, he seems like he's got that alpha male personality on the football field, but a very nice guy off the field. Can you talk about the dynamic, how he wants to drive you into the dirt on the field, yeah. but off the field? Uh, you can't find too many guys who are genuinely nicer.
3: Yeah, no. He uh, Off the field, I mean, he's got unbelievable parents. He's been raised unbelievably. He's got an unbelievable work ethic. His personality, very caring, respectful. But on the field, I used to call him the silent assassin, man. That guy's a quiet <laughs> guy, but he's going to drill you. I used to say, this guy will come across from the back of you, sneak up behind and you, slit your throat, and you wouldn't even know it. I mean, that's the kind of demeanor that he has. Uh, and, and he's a physical guy he wants to, he wants to oppose his you know his physicality on he wants to finish people. He, he plays the game the way that the game needs to be played fit with a physical mindset and, and a game and physicality. you know that's who he is and uh, he's a I mean it's unbelievable watch play. I mean he's he finishes to the whistle.
1: How does this feel and understanding the game because in this system people
3: talk about making decisions on the run. Uh, he's very good. Um, he has some football savvy that's in him that you can't coach. That uh, he kind of knows where exactly to put his hat if he needs the recoverability. He can, you know, he passes off line games very well, like naturally, you know, if it's an ET or TE, he's got great uh, recoverability and, and, and really good balance on the second level. And, and you can give him an unscouted look. He'll figure it out. I mean, he, he'll he communicate very well.
1: Some guys who are offensive linemen, they come out, maybe they're further ahead as far as protection or in the run game. Seems like Elijah is quite refined in both those areas as he starts his career.
3: Yeah, I think that you're – yeah, he is very refined in that. And, and uh, I think what he probably have to get used to there at that level is just the strength of the player that he's going against uh and i think that maybe just a little bit of the speed aspect of it but he's got the athletic ability he's got the will he's got the physicality to 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 make a trans- great transition and then i think on top of that with you know the 16 game season and plus i think just being right with his body which he'll 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 learn he does that already but there's a there's going to be a little bit of a step and i think also that just the 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 offensive scheme and and the complexity and stuff that he'll he'll transition well, uh, but there'll be a little bit of a transition for him, you know. But he'll do really well.
1: Not to put you on the spot, and I know you've coached a lot of quality players during your day. Was Elijah one of your favorites? Just considering not only what he achieved on the field, but all these other intangibles that you've spoken about.
3: Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's, you know, I've coached a lot of great players. I've coached Austin Jackson. I've coached Joe Staley, Mike Iapati. I mean, I've go on and on Mason Cole. I've coached a lot of great players. He's one of those guys that he's one of those elite guys, you know, when I think of a hall of famer pro, you know, all pro guy type guy, like a Joe Staley, he's got his intangibles, his mindset, his want to. uh, And uh, yeah, it it was a total, a complete pleasure. And, and, for him to come back and 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 play that last year for six games uh, for for USC and things means, a, you know, that says a lot about him because he basically opted out, but he wanted to come back and win a championship. He wanted to do it for his brothers in the room, the brothers on the team, and he's he's ultimately a team guy, and that says a lot about him as a character. You know, I always say that you want to make yourself small and everybody else big, humble thyself. He's one of those type of guys, and it's not about him. It's about the team, you know, and he doesn't gloat in all of his, his – uh, things, awards that he's, that he's accomplished. I mean, he's not that type of guy at all.
0: Elijah Vera Tucker, the silent assassin. Did you also hear in flight 2021 when uh, Joe Douglas referred to a clip of Elijah Vera Tucker, when he went into Godzilla mode. I like that quote.
1: Yeah. And that speaks to what Drevno talked about is that he can recover, right? Because Douglas in that clip on 2021 was playing a spot in a play where he was losing, but he was able to recover and he took over and then went to domination.
0: All right, so we've heard from Tim Drevno. We've heard from Solomon Tucker. Next, we're going to hear from Anthony Munoz, who, of course, is a legendary USC offensive lineman. But I will say Munoz doesn't know Barry Tucker as well as the previous two guys we've heard from because the first time those two guys met was actually in the pre-draft process at like a shoot.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, that was interesting because you would have thought maybe, hey, their paths had crossed before. But uh, Munoz, obviously a busy man, and AVT getting things done with the USC. And unfortunately for a lot of people last year, trailer was not an option. So even, even if Anthony wanted to go to the USC game, that wasn't going to be on the table during a pandemic. But uh, who else would you rather talk to than Anthony Munoz Perhaps one of the top three offensive linemen who've ever played the game. And you know from just listening to people who have been around Elijah Vera Tucker throughout his life, you know he's soaked in everything during their short time together.
0: And I think what else, what's also cool is we've heard from two people who clearly know Elijah Vera Tucker very well and they have their own opinions on him. And Anthony Munoz, who doesn't know Elijah Vera Tucker as well, came away with the same opinions that those two guys did, meaning that he liked the film, he liked the person as well, and that's just coming away from a couple days of interacting with each other. So I think that Elijah Tucker, everything that we've heard about him, you definitely know what you just said, that he enjoyed every moment of learning from one of the best offensive linemen, and they also happen to share an alma mater. So I think it's probably a really cool experience for Elijah Vera Tucker, and I think that Anthony Munoz really enjoyed getting to know, you know, I guess the newest alum of USC to make it to the NFL in terms of the offensive linemen.
1: Yeah, and, and, and listen, again, just those guys. Uh, wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall when Munoz is imparting his wisdom uh, to AVT? Uh, again, USC. You think about them over the years. I know they've went to the air raid attack offensively, but you think about them getting after people in the trenches. And a guy like uh, Munoz is so revered. So you know that was a good experience for Elijah, no doubt about it.
0: All right. Well, let's hear from the Hall of Famer Anthony Munoz. It's a great feeling. You know, we're in New York, now in New Jersey. To get at
4: you. sir. It feels good.
0: Anthony, what was the first time you
4: met Elijah Vera Tucker? Well, Ethan, thanks for having me. It's good to be with you. You know, I wish it would have been a lot uh, sooner than, uh, you know, out in Arizona uh, last month. Uh, you know, because you know, being a USC guy and Elijah just finishing up there, I, I usually still get the two or three games a year. But with COVID in the last couple of years, it hasn't worked out the way it usually does. So I usually get a chance to, if not spring practice, get back and watch games. I get a chance to meet the guys, but. Last month was the first time I met Elijah, and I'm thankful that I had a chance to meet the young man.
0: And can you explain, like, under what circumstances you met him? Yeah,
4: Yeah, you know, uh, being a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we have this program. Uh, it's sponsored by Ford. It's kind of a mentor, mentoree type of program where we take a gold jacket at Hall of Famer, and we spend a day with a young man that's going to be drafted, that's entering the draft. Uh, that same day, there was a wide receiver. James Lofton was out there with the wide receiver. Aeneas uh, Williams was out there with, uh, you know, defensive back. And I happened to be out there with Elijah. And uh, so I, I agreed to do it. Uh, so it's one of those things where we spend a day in the classroom uh, talking football, watching some tape of their games, and then we go out on the football field and, uh, you know, go through some technique questions, hear what he's doing, maybe give him some, you know, things that I use and still being used uh, as offensive linemen. So it's, uh, it's really a cool program that we've had going for several years now. Uh, it's all about mentoring and, and having a mentor with a young man that's going to be drafted. So,
0: first of all, what did you know about Elijah Farrah Tucker before you headed out there, other than the fact that you share an alma mater? And second of and, all, like, uh, what yeah. were your first impressions of him You know, from the moment he shook your hand to then going through film and yeah. going through field work?
4: Well, the first thing that i that i knew about Elijah was that uh you know he played guard he you know he opted out uh, because of covid but then when the pac-12 decided to play he decided to play and he played left tackle and played it extremely well so i knew he was versatile i knew that uh you know he could move from the inside to the outside and be just as effective not if not more effective uh you know so i knew that about him uh, you know, i still follow usc quite closely uh i still you know if I'm not watching, I know about the guy. So I knew that about uh, Vera Tucker. I knew that he was, uh, you know, pretty good offensive lineman. Uh, the, the the thing that I you know noticed right away when I met him was just uh, how genuine and how down to earth. But at the same time, how focused and uh, how he really wanted to get to get to work and uh, and learn something. If uh, if I had anything to to pass on and, uh, and you know learn things like how smart he was uh, about you know football acumen. And, about the game and, and what's going on and he wanted to learn. I mean, that's that's a sign of a, a guy that's gonna be a great, great player is that he wants to learn. He's not satisfied with you know, performing at the highest level, uh, you know, at USC or a major college, but he knows it's the next step up. So, you know, a lot of questions, we went over uh, some technique and I, and I really, I saw that he wanted to learn and he wanted, he asked a lot of questions. Sometimes some guys are hesitant to ask questions, but uh, you know, in the classroom, And then when we got on the field, the same thing, you know, we talked through technique. He showed me stuff. I showed him stuff. So, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun for me. having been out of the game as long as I have, but still having chances to work with guys over the years as recently as the last year or two. So uh, I noticed right away that uh, his, I know once he gets uh, into the the program and the camp, he's going to be like a sponge and want to learn and want to get even better.
0: You know, Anthony, you, you did it better than anybody else, right? You're a pro football hall of famer. When you watch Elijah Vera Tucker on tape, and then you see the work ethic that you talked about and the willingness to learn and the eagerness to learn, yeah. what what does that say about him? And what do you think of the way he plays?
4: Well, it says that, uh, again, he wants to be the best. I, anytime you have someone that asks questions, wants to learn, then you see him play and they play extremely well. And then, you get them into a, a classroom or into a you know onto a football field. We're just going to go through technique, and they you know they're not like okay I, yeah, I know what you're talking about I got it, I got. It. They're like how about this how about this how about that. It, that to me says that uh, you know he wants to improve and he wants to get better. Uh, Elijah is a player, very athletic, very strong. Uh, you know again moving from the guard to the left tackle, uh, his ability to work out in space. So I was very impressed. So, uh, you know, it was one of those things where, you know, sometimes you might question that move. You know, there's really at times there's no question about moving a tackle in guard. But when you're moving a guard out to left tackle, it's like, oh, okay, let's see what happens there. Now, it was like move him out to left tackle. Nice move. He's doing a great job. So those are the things that I'm really impressed with is that athleticism, his strength and, of course, of course, his work ethic.
0: You know, what does it say about Elijah? I've asked a lot of people this question, and I'm curious your take. Outside of showing his versatility, what does it say about him that he played guard, won the USC Offensive Lineman of the Year Award when there was a first-round left tackle and Austin Jackson goes to the Dolphins, Mm -hmm. and then, to your point, he opts out. The Pac-12 says, actually, we're playing. He opts back in. Then he goes out to left tackle and wins the Morris Trophy. What does that say about Elijah Vera Tucker?
4: Well, to me, it says he's an ultimate team player. Put me where you need me. Uh, put me wherever you believe it's going to be best for the team. When you're at guard, does amazing. The next year, it's like, hey, we need you at left tackle. Hey, I'm there. If that's what it means for our team to be a, a better offensive a football team, then put me there. So again, it's about being the ultimate team player and saying wherever you need me, coach, I'm there and I'm gonna I'm gonna play at the highest level.
0: You know, I met Elijah inside the BetMGM studio here. He shook my hand. He basically told me <laughs> through his handshake that he could crush me if he wanted to. But, he's, <laughs> but he said, you know what? Like, you know, this is just an introduction, so I'm just letting you know, don't cross me. But he seemed very cool, calm, and collected. And, you know, as an offensive lineman, you know, you got to have a little bit of a mean streak. What did yeah, you take yeah. about, you know, what were your takeaways of Elijah the person, not the player?
4: Yeah. Well, and again, I think uh, – most offensive linemen are cut out of that clock you know you get them off the field man they're easy going they're you know they're very cordial they're you know they're nice but you get them between the lines and you try and get their running back or their quarterback and it's just like a switch turns on and it's like there's no way I'm gonna do whatever it takes to keep you off my guys and you know to me he's right there I mean it's uh you know it's that calm it's that poise it's that you know, if you want to say it, it's being a professional, even on the college level, it's about being a professional. But when it's time to, to you know, to produce, uh, I wouldn't look at Elijah once he puts the pads on and gets on the field with the team to say, well, there's a rookie. And no, he's just a rookie because he was drafted this year. But I would say once he starts mixing it up, you're going to say hey, that's all behind him. It doesn't matter that it's a rookie. He wants that starting position. And I think that's the key is that, uh, you know, I'm sure the more you sit down with him and talk to him off the field, in the in the classroom, on the camera, he's just going to be poised. He's going to be polite. But uh, then you'll see the different side of Elijah once he's on the field.
0: You know, you both of you, California kids, both go to USC, yeah. both first-round picks. You end up in Cincinnati. He's coming to the bright lights of New York and mm-hmm. New Jersey. You know, what? what's in store for Elijah Vera Tucker as he makes that transition – from very good offensive tackle in college to now a professional in the NFL?
4: Well, I think that the main thing is really blocking all the noise, all the craziness that comes along with the professional game and understanding that now this is your job. This is how you're going to provide for yourself, hopefully for 10-plus years. That's what the way you have to look at it. So the work ethic we talked about, the preparation, the intensity, and, and just the, those goals of wanting to do that that's what you're there for sure you got the bright lights you got the big city you know new york jersey i mean you know the media is so much bigger than a, a lot of cities but it still boils down to it doesn't matter what you didn't call it doesn't matter where you were drafted now it's time to produce and uh, and hopefully for a long time so that's that's what i would say to elijah is just uh, you know what you have to do uh you know this is a great opportunity i share this with young men it's a great opportunity for you not only on the football field but it's a great opportunity to let this flow over the the game into your life, off the field, and even after you finish the game. So uh, there's a lot of lot of opportunities that this game affords you, and uh, it's a matter of what you want to put into it uh, during the season, during the off season, and uh, in in taking care of yourself and in, in preparation and uh, in the intensity that you play the game with.
0: You know, as someone that's been you know seen this movie before let's say and you know you could make the argument that you starred in the movie too but what (laughs) (laughs) for Elijah what would you consider a successful rookie year in the NFL
4: well you know again the standards uh, and I'm sure he had the same standards going to USC and being the number one pick I had to I I wasn't going to be satisfied with just wearing the Bengals stripes uh, he he can't be satisfied with just wearing that you know that uniform. You got to be a starter, you know. And then you're going to learn. You're gonna you're gonna make some mistakes, but uh, to me, is playing is really success. I mean, playing, fighting for that starting job. If you fight for it and you've done everything and still you kind of fall short, that's the main thing. That's success. Leave everything on the field. Leave everything on videotape for the coaches to see that you are in the mix for a starting job. But I think, uh, again, when, just to kind of share my own experience success for me was being that number one pick and going to camp and winning that starting job and then progressing after that.
0: All right, Anthony, last question for you. And you've been so gracious with your time. You met Elijah a couple months ago in Arizona. What have, like, have you had any communication since? And what do you hope the, comes from this mentor mentee relationship yeah. down the road?
4: I have not had any contact with them. I hope you know because there's a lot going on. I hope once things settle down, uh, you know that I, I get a chance to communicate with them and talk to them and see how things are going. If I'm not mistaken, I think the, the Jets might be in uh, Cincinnati this year. If I'm not mistaken, uh, so hopefully I have a chance to watch them in person play as a starter. Uh, but uh, you know, so I you know, again, it, it there hasn't been any commu- communication since we had that time in Arizona. But I hope to, just like I do with a lot of other young men that I meet that go to USC, uh, hopefully that uh, it'll come soon. I'll get a chance to kind of get an update on his progress from himself personally to hear how things are going for him uh, on the uh, National Football League level.
0: Well, the Cincinnati Bengals, to answer your question, come to MetLife Stadium. So it sounds like we need you to come to MetLife Stadium. (laughs) That's basically what you're telling me here.
4: Well, that that might be depending on how things are, you know, with uh, with everything that's going on. Uh, you know, if if I don't get uh, harassed too much about going back there as a, as a, as you know, someone watching the game, that might be. I don't go to many Bengals away games, but uh, I'd have a little interest with my stripes, uh, you know, Bengals stripes, and then Elijah watching him play. So I knew they were playing this year. I just wasn't sure of location, but uh, you never know. I might show up there in uh, MetLife Stadium.
0: So the interviews in the books. And now let's shift our attention to basically what this offensive line now looks like with Elijah Vera Tucker. You mentioned it earlier. A lot of people, a lot of analysts, like to think, all right, he's going next to Makai Becton because Elijah Vera Tucker, I'd say, had his first breakout season at left guard before this past season at left tackle. So a lot of people say, well, the Jets are set at left tackle with Makai Becton. Insert Elijah Vera Tucker on the left side, and then you have a really young promising future on the left side of your offensive line.
1: Yeah, and and you have uh, Zach Wilson who who is your quarterback now, so I mean, uh, potentially you're hoping if you're a member of the Jets personnel staff that these guys are going to be together, all three of these guys are going to be together for quite a long time, 5, 10, 12, 15. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but those are two talented big dudes, Makai Becton and Elijah Tucker, and I think uh, Vera Tucker is going to be able to transition to the NFL game rather quickly. Again, everybody faces hurdles. Um, and, but he is a very good learner. At, he has a professional mind to his game that you really like. And then next to them, Connor McGovern, uh, who gutted it out last year. you got to give him a lot of credit. Uh, Greg Van Roten, you would figure that um, – He could be the guy penciled in at right guard as we speak right now. How about Joe Douglas continuing to address the offensive line position throughout the offseason, bringing in Morgan Moses, and the Jets really like George Fanta as well. So you love where you are at the tackle position right now, I think, if you're the Jets. And then you can talk about the depth on the interior. It's not like it's just limited. That depth is limited to the outside.
0: Right. You mentioned – well, we've mentioned Merrick Tucker – You mentioned Van Roten and McGovern. Then you think about a guy like Dan Feeney, who has been one of the most available offensive linemen since he was drafted in 2017. I mean, this guy basically hasn't missed a snap in four seasons. He has, but close to it that he hasn't. And then you also have Alex Lewis back on this roster. And... I don't think I'm missing anybody, but you think about the. Well, then you got oh, Cameron you, Clark, Cameron of course, Clark in his second year. Yep. He's someone. I mean, this is. I know this is the Elijah Var Tucker yeah. podcast, yeah. but I'm interested to see how Cam Car- how Cam Clark looks like in the preseason. It would be his first time playing in a game.
1: Yeah, uh, you mentioned Feeney. You have a lot of position flexibility too, right? Because Feeney actually started at center last year for the Chargers, and he's got a lot of starting experience and durability. Uh, Lewis is a guy who likes to get in the phone booth and get after people. So uh, I think the Jets' offensive line is one of the most improved units. Mm -hmm. Um, On paper, uh, I I don't know if it's quite to the level where the receiver position ultimately could be in terms of where it was and then where it is right now. But Joe Douglas certainly has followed through with everything he said when he was hired to be – the Jets general manager. He wants to be very good up front. And if you're a Jets fan right now, you know that, hey, listen, you won two games last year, but the talent is definitely better. And it starts up front. We speak about the defensive line. That might be the best overall unit on the New York Jets team. But the offensive line looks to be really starting to come together.
0: I completely agree. And I will say if Vera Tucker starts at left guard, nickname applications are open. For the Mackay, Beckton, Elijah Vera, Tucker, tandem. we've have we've had a couple from Brian Baldinger in the past. He said the Bash Brothers.
1: I like the Bash Brothers because it has an Oakland reference, and that's where Elijah Vera Tucker uh, went. Uh, I mean, grew up. Of course, He went the USC down in Southern California, but Bash Brothers, Mark
0: McGuire, Jose Canseco. So, yeah,
1: uh, I, I, I
0: thought Mighty Ducks. I mean, granted, you know, I I wasn't really. I, I don't want to say I wasn't around, but I wasn't like a huge. You're an Oakland A's fan. I wasn't a huge Oakland A's guy, and I wasn't a big baseball fan at the time in which they were the Bash Brothers. Uh,
1: Drevno called them uh, potentially a dynamic duo.
0: Okay, that's I like that. That's simple. Um, what did Becton say on Twitter? Jordan and Pippen? Yeah. Uh, that, that's
1: that's high yeah, aspirations. I, that's, yeah,
0: that's pretty big. I, I think <laughs> the Bash Brothers might be might be the middle ground there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do like the Oaktown
1: reference. You like you the know? Mighty Ducks, yeah. though? No. The movies?
0: You, oh, don't, you but, don't like the Mighty Ducks movies? No. Uh, uh,
1: they're okay. All right.
0: Yeah. Well, I figured, you know, for those who don't know, EA has a hockey background. Yeah. And I thought maybe, you know, I was curious your opinion on well, the hockey Well, if movies. you're gonna
1: go comedy, you go Slap Shot, right? Matt Sickoff, our technical director here on the Jets podcast, or you go Young Blood with Rob Lowe. Uh, that was way back in the day, and then uh, Miracle. I mean, oh, of uh, course. You know. I you're will say about in Kurt Russell playing um, um, Herb Brooks, of course. Right.
0: Well, my thing is with the Bash Brothers, one of my favorite scenes is the Mighty Ducks D three. They're at the boarding school, I think in Chicago or wherever it was, and Dean Portman, who wasn't a part of that team, comes in the middle of a game at halftime, and then he lines up next to Fulton Reed and they start getting after some people, which by the way would never really happen. You know, you can't just like join a team in the middle of halftime, but I really like that scene and so I it, really like the you, Bash you, Brothers. You're
1: showing that you are a little bit of a hockey fan there because uh, there is no halftime in hockey there's there's intermission i I mean i mean like
0: no i mean like in football you can't just join in halftime that's what i was trying to get after like like if somebody were hurt or the you sign a guy you can't just come in during halftime
1: i just don't think a mighty dachshund think about in using or using your will on somebody, You're just imposing oh, your course. will on somebody. I, absolutely. I think about nice images, mm-hmm. mental imagery there, you know, where uh, football in the trenches, I think it's let's get after people.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Is there anything else you want to say on AVT? I feel like, I mean, not that it changes the complexity of the Jets offensive line, but it's always nice to get a young, talented offensive lineman. And didn't Daniel Jeremiah say he thought he had Pro Bowl potential? at an early part of his career? I think
1: there's no doubt about it. I mean, when myself and you were looking at some of these prospects coming out and doing those positional previews. We thought potentially this could be the cleanest offensive lineman in the entire draft class. And if that proves out to be the case on the field, the Jets are well underway as far as uh, creating something potentially dynamic in front of Zach Wilson.
0: No doubt about it. So that was the Elijah Vera Tucker- Podcast Profile Series episode right here on the official Jets podcast.